0: Kia ora and welcome. I'm Boris Lamont and you're listening to the New Zealand Wine Podcast. Thanks for your company. In this episode we're speaking with Lucy Lawrence from Orem Wines and we're on site with Lucy just outside of Cromwell in central Otago of New Zealand. Lucy is a third-generation winemaker from France who came out to Central Otago with her husband, Brooke, to join the Aurum Wine family. And I'm also lucky to be joined on this podcast by the very knowledgeable Mark today. So right now, let's go have a chat with Lucy. So Lucy, thanks for having us here. My pleasure. Lovely to be here on this beautiful Central Otago day with a light dusting, well, quite a heavy dusting yeah, up heavy. in the higher parts of the... Um, <laughs> the hills but a beautiful sunny day mm. and yes. um so what brought you down here to work with um in our Aurum, is that the correct Aurum? Aurum? Yes. okay that's very right. good
1: i mm-hmm. uh, love ah. i just <laughs> my husband is a in new zealander and we met in france so there was normally people come here and never leave but we did the opposite we right. actually met in burgundy ah okay mm.
0: okay
2: in burgundy yes yeah and his he involved in the wine industry as well
1: yes so he had done his studies in Australia. I was doing mine in uh, Dijon in Burgundy, and uh, we just ended up in the same estate in Burgundy, working as um, you know apprentice, and this went from there.
2: And which estate was that?
1: That was a Domaine de la Okay. Uh, in Premo like, Fabulous. yeah, fabulous place. And and how long ago was that? That was in two thousand and one. Two thousand and one. Yes. Okay. So we've been uh, we've been together sixteen years, and um, yeah, lots has happened in sixteen years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm.
0: So so you were a little while together there before you decided to make your way out here.
1: Yes. Um, well, his parents. We're already uh, growing grapes in Central Otago, okay. uh, but just growing, mm-hmm. not making wine or, or anything like this. So um, we always had, as soon as we um, decided to get engaged and get married, uh, we knew we were going back, coming back to Central Otago because it was such a wonderful opportunity to, to create yes. an estate uh, from scratch. Right, mm. right. Okay. Mm.
0: Okay. So that was, always, that was always on the cards. Yes. And so you came, what, what year was it when you Right back. So two
1: thousand and four. Two thousand and four. Yeah. So yep. we met, so I was still studying when we met, so mm-hmm. I finished my studies and I um we got married in two thousand and four and then moved a couple of months after that right um, to New Zealand definitely, mm. to Central Otago. Oh very
0: good. Mm. And, and mm. to here? To here, yeah, right. absolutely. Yep. Yep. So that's which where
1: is. the vines were, that's where our roots yes. are. So yeah. yeah. so we um started building the winery um straight away, the process which takes a while, Mm -hmm. and so our first vintage um, in our brand new winery was 2006, which is the scariest year of my life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, you can. I can appreciate that Mm -hmm. would be a big couple of years getting getting that all together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And And how did that go?
1: Oh, it it went it went well, but it was so nerve wracking and just being the two of us. Mm. In that great big building, for the first time, where all the decisions come down on you, <laughs> it's just and very so, sorry, scary.
0: Had you been making wine before, when you were in, yeah, well, in we rent?
1: got the opportunity to do a lot of different, um, you well, did. ...a few different uh, vintages in in Alsace, in Burgundy, um, but and same for Brooke, he's worked in different places, but you always you have someone mm. above that can you know answer yeah. questions, and yeah. at the end of the day, they are making the decisions, so there was. That was it, no. that was us. Yeah, yeah. So the every decision took three hours. Everything was agonising, <laughs> but, but a lot of fun at yeah. the end and yeah, we're happy. Yeah.
0: And that was a, a Pinot Noir vintage?
1: Yeah, it was, we, we make um, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Pinot Green, Riesling. Mm. So we had all those four varieties. Um, oh, you did all four of them? We did all four first? of them, Oh, yes. wow, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. that would have added mm. another little mm. bit of… Uh, <laughs> fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: oh, good. Mm. And um, so, whereabouts are they? Uh, are the vineyards for you? So, so here all, all on here? the on the site, mm-hmm. uh, we
1: have a we have a four hectare vineyard here, mm-hmm. um, which we've converted to organic uh, seven years ago, and um, yeah, so it's been it's been a long long journey, sort of mm-hmm. just. Uh, and yes. um,
2: just just to ask a question: mm-hmm. Have you noticed a difference in fruit quality since going organic?
1: It's a very difficult question because of also the vines are aging, so we are seeing that um, on the, in the impact on the fruit of vine age. Um, our, our better understanding of how what a vineyard can do, uh, how we look after it, right. and and but I guess um, when you when you grow organically and if you want to do it successfully, you have to put so much care into your your vines that. Of course, it's going to show in the quality of, of the grapes. So, so the answer is yes. Long way around. <laughs> <Right>. Yes, um, <laughs> and, um, that, that makes
2: complete sense to me, also. Mm. And um, uh, for instance, for me, biodynamic wine wineries. I'm, I mean, I think a lot of it is uh, maybe not putting the cow horns bearing yes. in, more so just the the love and attention that's put on them. Um, I suppose, and of course, it is a subjective thing in a way, food quality. But in terms of and. Objectively, um, uh, are they producing more fruit or less fruit? Is there was there did you see a marked difference in terms of um, the amount that was coming off per volume?
1: No, we didn't really. I mean, often that's something that people are concerned about is that they might have a drop in in a quantity of fruit when they uh, convert to organic. Um, it, we didn't experience this on our vineyard. Uh, we must. It's just the way our vineyard is, and the the we we ten, we thin fruit, so we are. A little bit in control in how much fruit is out there. Um, last year obviously wasn't the case. We had lower crop, everybody did. But most people did, so we're twenty to twenty-five percent down. Well that was just the fact of the bunches being smaller, but the quality was incredible, just so clean, such clean fruit, never seen anything like it. So but the bunches were smaller, so we had less fruit. So um, but usually yeah, we, we have to thin. So we're kind of in control of this, but we certainly didn't didn't see a drop. Okay. It was converted to organic um but it's a uh, yeah the care and attention the fact that we in the vineyard every day we know those vines intimately and it's um makes a huge difference to the the end the end product being able to use the sun and the wind and all of those natural elements to our advantage to fight the potential um, disease that can come on because of course it's a monoculture it's a it's an issue. Monoculture is an issue. So, creating biodiversity is the key. Um, and so, um, we, we encourage, um, encourage that and see the whole property as, as, our, as our vineyard. The orchard and the gardens, the native borders, ourselves, our chickens, all of those things that are there, they're all benefit, you know, benefiting the vineyard and its health. Mm. So.
0: Mm. And, and so, this is all your production comes from this location? Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yes. And so, how old were the vines when you made your first Wine here. In so we
1: used to have another vineyard down the road, which we've sold since. So when we started making wine, we were making wine from both of those vineyards, uh, okay. yes. and so the other vineyard w- had been planted in '97. Oh. Now the one here is, is been planted in 2000 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, with we have some new vines since, but the oldest are that age. So mm-hmm. we don't take fruit from the other vineyard anymore. We've sold it, but now so now we're playing with fruit that is 17 years old, 16, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. And um, so just coming back to the varietals you're doing, mm. so obviously the Pinot Noir.
1: Yes. Um,
0: what were the other ones? Pinot Gris. Here? Pinot Gris. Chardonnay. Yep.
1: And um, so we had Riesling on the other block, so we don't have it anymore. So We buy f- Riesling in, mm-hmm. and we've bought a new property on which we'll be planting Riesling in Pinot Noir. So a little bit of the Riesling, what we need. Yes. So we won't be depending on buying it. And then more Pinot, because that's what we need. Yeah. More Pinot Noir. Yeah, mm.
0: okay. And uh, the Riesling that you've been doing is uh, Central Otago? Oh, is yes, local? yes. Of course, you're yeah,
1: yeah. local, just from across the lake. Yeah, oh, okay. no, It has yeah. to be close. Yeah, <laughs> Don't yeah. want to to nice. travel too far. No, no. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so w- what are you finding is differences in in growing those varietals in this location? Um, Between know, what, the different varieties? Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: it's hard to compare different varieties because they're just… They're the, yeah,
0: the but it, is it more of a challenge growing like um, non Pinot Noir, so the other varietals? Is oh no, more they of a challenge? Work,
1: no, the 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 cool climate that we have here that we're experiencing, definitely experiencing it today. Um, the they suit very well so th- those aromatic whites mm-hmm. and the Chardonnay. So mm-hmm. the Riesling, the Pinot Gris, and also the Chardonnay are, are really suitable to those same type of climate and soil. So it's um, no, we make you can make stunning whites here. So I know Pinot Noir is a, the big Focus Mm. and certainly what we grow the most of, but those whites and and new emerging whites as well. There is people growing other um, white variety um, that are in a very small quantity, but uh, that are showing great promise. So there is other option out there for whites. Mm. Red probably a bit more difficult, and it might be some variety other that will work here, Pinot mm. is certainly more suited to that climate, but for whites there is, there is options, and it's, it's fun to yeah. exper- experiment with new variety, and or well, new, new to the region. Um, no, that's right, mm. so we've, we've spoken with others
0: mm. um, in, in the region here who mm. are doing things like um, Gewürz and yes. um, Gruner, Petlina mm-hmm. That's right. So is, is that mm. um, something that's of interest mm. to you to perhaps um, try out?
1: At that state, probably not. Uh, if there is there is one variety if I could ever grow it here, will be Savagnin, uh, oh. which is because I come also from the Jura region. My mm-hmm. father comes from uh, Franche Comte, which my mother's from Burgundy. So I'm a bit mixed of both, yeah. and so Savagnin is very dear to my heart. So, but I don't think I can find it in New Zealand. But if ever, this will be something I'll be interested in.
2: Yeah, I think I think some's grown in Australia. Yeah,
1: I know, but not in New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> it's and a long, long and, way enough. And Australian
2: Sauvignon tastes nothing like the, oh, okay. the beautiful oxidative things from the Chardonnay, yes, which is yes. so beautiful. I love them.
1: I know. I love them too, and so that will be something I'll be interested in. If I if I had to plan something else, there will be the one um, that I would love to experiment with. So yeah, call out to the nurseries yeah. <laughs> in New Zealand if, if they in. could bring in some Savagnin from Jura. I would love that. Right. Okay.
0: <laughs> so just um, touching back then. So were your parents in, involved with wine, or how did so, you? Yeah,
1: there was in in Burgundy. My grandfather had a small vineyard, mm-hmm. um, and that my uncle took over. Uh, it's no more much now, he sold most of the vines, but yeah, I grew up in that, um, surrounded by the vines and mm-hmm. um, in the hospitality, actually. They were all in hospitality. Right, so right. That's okay. where the wines were going. Yes. We were just selling in all the different restaurants that they had. Yeah. yeah. So that
0: was always something that you wanted to do?
1: Get yeah, into I yeah. think so. I never, uh, I didn't know that when I was growing up. No. Um, it took me quite some time to to find out that that's, that would be the right career for me um but it was certainly always in my life so when i finally had that aha moment that maybe one making was it it mm. just it just fitted so many different aspects of how i wanted my life to to, to be mm. it just fitted and took a lot of boxes so it was just a perfect career for me mm.
0: oh, very good and so we've touched a little bit on the on the climate here mm. um but um, also tell us about the, the location and the place. Like, how, do you, how do you feel that that gets expressed in the, in the wine that you're making? Well, tell us a little bit about the, maybe the soil and things here. What, yes,
1: what... Um, well, our vineyard is... Um nestled against lake dunstan so we do benefit a lot from uh, the influence of the lake um, in the temperature the way um, the way they express themselves um, our soil is a uh, very sandy so most of central otago is on that schist base um rock but um our one is um mostly the the just sand mm-hmm. deposited on top of, of it. So the valley was made by glacial movements. So uh, the glacier, I don't think, ever been as far as our vineyard, but pushed all of those big rocks and gravels, what happened in front of a glacier. So that's sort of the base of our vineyard plus those sands on top. So um, we do express a lot of uh, spice through our wines, white or red, mm-hmm. um, which I find interesting. I'm sure that's related to, uh, to that soil. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the weather temperature, we're able to hang our fruit, also the, real, the raw orientation, but we're, we're able to hang our fruit quite a long time in the autumn without necessarily accumulating a lot of sugar. So I do like to pick my pinot a bit earlier to not have too, uh, one that are too alcoholic or too fruit forward, uh, but I still want them to hang on the vines for as long as possible to get very beautiful ripeness in the tannins in the phenolic compound, so it's so important to me to have that long hang time but not necessarily a fast ripening uh, or fast accumulation of sugar more so um this is what we can achieve in that vineyard in particular Mm -hmm. um which um, suits my style of winemaking perfectly so right Mm.
0: yeah and can climate be a challenge here? I mean, you know, uh, as I think we mentioned I mean, we're yes. one weekend to November, and there's <laughs> quite a bit of snow. And
1: three weeks ago, it felt like summer. Yes, um, yes, absolutely. Mm. Climate is a challenge every day, mm. and it, the season will never look at another se- like another season. But this is what makes our one very, very special. So we we might some days want to pull our hair out because it's oh, it's so challenging and it's difficult, and other oh, winds are very strong, or oh, that frost that's coming mid de- December is crazy but at the same time we saw so, we're really proud of our wine we love what they do and that's why they are like this we so we can't if we smooth out all of the edges of that climate we wouldn't make the wine we're making so we have to embrace it and just run with it
0: right <laughs> yeah yeah and um how about the wine making process what's that what's that like for you Is it...
1: um well it's more and more paid back really which uh, seems a bit cliche but we we do feel more you know more and more comfortable with our fruit trying to put all of the effort in the vineyard so if the fruit come in pretty perfect then there's not much to do so very paid back winemaking um obviously the one that milk organically so we don't add much to our wines if any at all um and trying to have very gentle extraction using um temperature rather than mechanical extraction so more of a gentle approach um I like wines that are of, of great structure but very fine and silky structure rather than being masculine and sinewy so um we we it's important to us to express the vintage and so we certainly never try to smooth out one vintage to another um but overall that the way being more gentle and paid back i think allow to show that vintage variation better and um to keep the to keep an elegance in the wine, um, so it's you know wine that are definitely of Central Otago of that purity of fruit of that that lovely generous element, but backed up with a, a fine tannin structure um, of of interest and, and spice and, and texture and a tactile tactile element to the wine that's very important to me. So mm-hmm. yeah, for w- wines, white or red have to have a yeah a, um, a feel. Um, as well as um, all the lovely aromas and all the things that comes with it, but the feel is more important.
0: Yep, yep. Okay. Does that and, make sense? yeah, no, certainly. <laughs> and the uh, different labels that you have for mm. some of the some of the pinos. Oh example? yes. We're, so
1: at the moment uh, we make um, we make four different pinot noirs mm-hmm. um, every year. So we have uh, uh, first of all Libera, which is uh, made from the young vines, and it's a it's a natural pinot. Uh, it does no no sulphur. Um, very. Um, you know, just a way to express those young vines in a very non-intrusive way. Uh, and then we have uh, Estate Pinot Noir, which is sort of a, a, which is a, a blend. When we make our, our selection, our parcel selections, this is what left everything else in the farm. So we have Matille Madeleine, which I named after my children, and a different area in the vineyard. Um, so our block is four hectares of course there is Chardonnay and Pinot Gris there but it's still, four. in terms of Pinot Noir four hectares is actually a big block when you're seeking Pinot Noir so um, it's very easy to pull out areas in that vineyard that are different where the soil is varied where the climate is slightly different you're a bit further from the lake or you're closer to a certain wind um, that comes down from a road or something so you can easily pull out so that's what we've been doing over the years is selecting part of the vineyard and it's um, uh, we named them after my children because we started making them the year they were born mm-hmm. and made them ever since, pretty much. Um, and so they're just different aspects of our terroir here, mm-hmm. um, just showing different aspects.
0: Nice. Yeah.
1: Mm.
0: And uh, how about pairing with food? Do you, do you cook?
1: Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Yes. And so, have
0: you got some favourites?
1: Mm. Um, well, yeah, I do. I mean, I cook all sorts of different things. Of course, I, I can always pull out my French repertoire, you know. because yes. it's, it's always fun. But um, I do now. I've been in New Zealand. I've been up to a lot of other countries. So, um, what do I? Why do I prefer cooking? I don't know. I, do, I just love cooking simple food, just out of my garden. Actually, that's mm. what I like the most. Being mm. able to take a basket, go out in the in the garden, pick what's there, and you know, bursting with flavor and just turning into something delicious for my children. So it's, so uh, it's and my husband. <laughs> it's um, that's what I like the most. Actually. I, I I, lo- I have hundreds of cookbooks, but I mostly cook without them. Mm. And then they're, they're more of an inspiration. Um, but just using what's fresh in the garden. That's what I love the most.
0: In a favorite pairing from,
1: um, well, for example, one of the one of the wines I make that is a fantastic food pairing wine is our amber wine that we make. So it's a skin contact pinot gris, and this is just the most fantastic food wine. And so it's fantastic with uh, a tagine, for example. F- wines that uh, f- food, I mean, that are. Um, f- f- Robust in flavors, you know, spicy and, and not spicy in a hot kind of way, but just in a very perfumed and complex way, and that is so satisfying. Having a wine like this that just fits in with all of those different flavors, and the wine tastes better and the food tastes better. It's just that magical match. So yeah, that's that's one of the ones I really enjoy pairing with food. Right. Okay. Mm. Oh, very good. But all of our pinots are made for food, so of course, they just yeah. In,
0: work. in, in anything mm. particular that you think. Stands out for a match with a, with a pinot? For
1: pinot? Um, well, of course, it, when you have a meat that is, you know, any sort of venison, lamb or uh, duck, um, work with, with pinot. So uh, I think venison with a Matille pinot is great. Um, maybe lamb with a estate and duck with madeleine. It just seems to be those flavours that work. And of course, how you prepare them is all. But in terms of the meat choices, that's how I will normally go. With the wines,
0: right? Okay, mm. very good. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we've touched a little bit on on what you'd like to do, in sort of the next thing with wine. Is there anything you've seen happening internationally or anywhere else around New Zealand that uh, has piqued your interest about maybe a varietal that someone's trying or um, a method? You know, we we sort of talked before mm. um, we started yeah. um, recording about the M4. Is there anything mm. else that? Anything that's yeah, you know, anywhere around the world that sort of piqued your interest or
1: well we always we're always interested to evolve our style and we certainly we um we're always trying new things and exp- we're experimental but our, my big focus and I think my husband brought big focus as well, is to continue to look after our land and our plants as best as we can so it's more evolving what we do in the vineyard rather than in the winery it j- the winery just follows on for what work's been done in the background in the vineyard so mm. this is what's important to us actually so we are always reviewing what we do in the vineyard how can we do it better how can we infor- and then just that you know organic is one thing and it's a it's a baseline almost we and one should be organic really Maybe I did that out, um, <laughs> but it's a. Um, this is a baseline. But you can take organic to so many different levels. You can c- keep adding things, keep um, bringing in new uh, new elements to the vineyard to make more alive, more in, more interesting, more healthy, more expressive. This is the focus for us to always try new things in the vineyard and improve how we look after our land and how we're going to give it to our children later so this is a bigger focus to me in the winery of course we are always trying new things always evolving and doing small trials and it, it's it's important but for me the vineyard is more important
2: yeah following on from that um i know that you mentioned your libera your, mm-hmm. your your is, yes. is done without sulfur and, yes. and you do a skin contact pinot gris yes these are both um concepts that Seem um, maybe not new, but very much in vogue at the moment in terms yes. of its natural wine yeah. um, uh, movement. Mm. Um, ha, do you, do you see yourself moving your winery and mm. your winemaking? Are mm. you influenced by that, or
1: mm. we have already? Mm. Um, so that's what interesting into making those wines. They are. Um, experimental and you 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 just do a small amount look at it and if you like it you can take it bigger and so um already all our winery is made without sulfur so one year we did Libera without sulphur, and that was the only wine. Right. The following year, for everything followed on. So all of our pinos are made without sulphur until yeah. bottling time. So they don't. Um, so we don't. We don't have any during the wine making process. They are bottled with sulphur because uh, we want wine to age and, and um, be there for a long time. But it's the the wine making process. Sulphur is harsh, and so if we can take that out of the wine making process, why not? Sure. So. Clean fruit. Why would you add sulphur? So it's um, so that's that's what happens when you you're able to experiment and no one's going to tell you not to because we are we do what we want. Then you you can learn from that and expand it to the rest of the winery or we try something improve a, a wine the the skin contact Pinot Grey which we've been making now for, for years, four years for five vintage mm-hmm. we've learned a lot from it. It's um, it allows us to create a Pinot Gris Rosé. Right. So and I had never made a Rosé before. Then uh, we had Pinot Noir to make Rosé with because that's what everybody makes a Rosé out of here, of course. And we made the Ember wine and realized how much color we could get out of the how, how interesting it could be to maybe just make a Rosé out of this. So we did it, loved it, and then we carried on making a Pinot Gris Rosé. So you, you learn from those experiments to on into your more and the rest of your. Your wines and the rest of your labels, so it's very interesting yeah. um, to be able to do that.
2: So, your amber wine, um, mm. the color of it is is verging more reddy than it is sort of rusty.
1: It's like an orangey, yeah, orange. Yeah, this orange That's quite, color. Quite a bright one. Mm. Yeah, quite bright. Yeah. Lovely. Yes.
0: Lovely. Mm. Uh, so um the second and last question and which I should have probably asked at the beginning um mm. aurum, does does that what does that have some significance?
1: yeah orum means gold or shining dawn in Latin mm-hmm. and uh, it's just an, an an homage at the big history the gold history of the region, of the region. Right. um there is a Mount Orem uh, somewhere okay. between here and Queenstown, I think mm-hmm. um but it's yeah it's it's a homage to that um to the history that's that's so important to the region, yep. and hopefully, wine is a new goat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: good, good. And the question we finish on: if you could have a glass of wine with anyone, living or dead, or not yet um, alive, or it's not yet existed, um, who would it be, and what wine would you like to have with them?
1: My grandfather. I will have it with uh, my my Burgundian grandfather because he never uh, he, he passed away before I start my. Um, winemaking career yes. and but he's very much the one who put me on the path because yeah. <laughs> I was trying wine with him when I was rather young <laughs> and <laughs> and I have those wonderful pictures of, of the two of us looking at wine and tasting wine and I can I can put the words in those pictures back I can hear them still wow, and really. I was I was really young and um, so yeah it's definitely instilled that into me and I wish I could share wine with them. So, yes. yeah, one of my Pinot would be lovely one to of the, share with yeah, them. Yeah, one of the yes. Pinots you yeah. yeah, lovely. Yeah. Very mm. good.
0: Hey, that's tremendous. Thanks, uh, thanks, Lucy. appreciate Thank that. You. Pleasure. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> All right. Cheers. We've been speaking with Lucy Lawrence from Aurum Wines just outside of Cromwell in central Otago, New Zealand. If you'd like to find out more about Aurum Wines, you can look them up online, a-u-r-u-m-wines.co.nz. And we're also joined by Mark today, who you would have heard asking uh, some great insightful questions there as well. Be sure to check out some of the other great New Zealand wine podcasts, where we talk with others involved in the wine industry here in New Zealand, vineyard owners and founders, winemakers and sommeliers. Thanks for listening in. We look forward to your company again shortly. Hei kona mai. Bye for now.